Everybody, welcome, welcome to the Bobby Eaton Show, where we tell our stories our way, right out of the heart of Black Wall Street, Tulsa, 1921 massacre. And boy, do we have a sh- good show for you today. So hey, we want you to tune in. Go tell your mother, your father, your sister, brother that Pastor Turner of the Vernon AME Church here in Tulsa, Oklahoma is in the house. That's what we want you to do. Meanwhile, we want you to keep in mind that we do have a youth program, Juice Radio Show. They're here every Thursday night, and uh, they come in, and they, well, those young people, they just get together and be talking about all kinds of stuff. 6 p.m. tomorrow night, Juice Radio Show, uh, kids from various different uh, high schools, uh, McLean, Booker T, Rogers, uh, Central, you name it. They come in here, and they're headed by Ramal, the hometown heat, you know, so that's going on, too. Pastor Turner's in the house. We're going to take a break. I'm going to pay some bills, you know, before we get started. I got to pay the bills. They say, they always say, Bobby, now you know you got to pay them bills. I say, yeah, I got to pay some bills, man. That's the way it goes. All right, so we'll be right, we'll be right back. So stick around, okay? This is Charlie Wilson, and you listen to 89.9 FM. North Star Security and Private Investigation provides over 35 years of experience to ensure your security and investigation needs are met. Our officers are fleet and state certified. If you are seeking employment, stop by our website at www.northstarsecurityandpi.com. For details on quotes and employment opportunities, call today at 918-248-6592. That's 918-248-6592. North Star Security and Private Investigation. Food on the Move and Warden Comprehensive Health Services presents the drive through COVID vaccination clinic happening May the 11th, 2021 from 4 to 7 p.m. The first 100 participants receive two-dose Moderna's or the one-dose Johnson & Johnson. 
If you want to skip the line, call now at 918-388-1990. Food on the move every Tuesday on Greenwood. Let's go fresh, Tulsa. How to order chicken wings. Number one, find a good wing spot. I know a wing spot, Max Wings. Number two, decide if you want a combo or if you want to order a la carte. Huh? What's that? Well, combos come with chicken, veggie sticks, fries, and a drink for a discounted price. A la carte means that you order each item separately. Ah. Okay. Three, decide if you want bone-in, boneless, or cauliflower wings. And then determine the delicious flavor you want on your wings. I didn't even know cauliflower had wings. You learn something new every day. Have you been to Max Wings? Yep, yep, Max yep. Wings is located at 782 East Pine Street in Tulsa. We're open Monday through Thursday from 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. and on Friday and Saturday from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Come to Max Wings, home of the dry rub fry. Last Stop Lawn Maintenance and Landscaping is hiring today. Must have a valid driver's license and must have a two years verifiable experience mowing and lawn maintenance with the company. Strict attendance policy is required. Honest, dependable, and team-oriented. No sex offenses or crime against children. Must apply online at www.laststoplawnmaintenance.com. Apply today. We're ready for life beyond COVID-19, beyond boundaries. And the vaccine is our best shot at getting there. Walk in for a free COVID-19 vaccine at the Community Vaccination Center, located at the Tulsa Community College Northeast Campus. All right, we're back. Like I said earlier, hey, Pastor Robert Turner is in the house, and he's going to be bringing it to us. Meanwhile... Support your community. Support everybody. And uh, we're going to be right back. Round nine. 
man, if you make me sore, I'll cut it to four. Thank you very much. And if that don't do, we'll get him in two. <laughs> if you run, we'll get him in one. <laughs> and in your heart, you know I'm right. <laughs> I'm young, I'm handsome, I'm fat, I'm pretty, and can't possibly be beat. I am the greatest. Uh, you better fight this boy super. Uh, you've been playing around for a long time, uh, supporting it as you yes, like. Yes, I'm not training too hard for this bum. In the Cooper's nothing to me. Uh, this bum going over five rounds. Liston receives the congratulations to the victor. Scorns Cassius Clay, who's heard to say, Liston's not great, he'll fall in eight. I saw Sonny listen a few days ago, Jack. Ain't he ugly? <laughs> He's too ugly to be the world champ. The world champ should be pretty like me. This will be the biggest birthday in the history. <laughs> <laughs> and if you like to lose your life, be a fool on that whole time. I'm not cash as you still calling me. I can't get on with you. Mohammed, you're talking in. I'm not the white man. You have to talk in general. So you want to keep calling me a white man's name? I'm not white. I don't want to be called after your name no more. I'm not no slave. I'm Mohammed Ali. My name is Mohammed Ali, and you will announce it right there in the center of that ring after the fight if you don't do it now. You Uh, acting just like an old Uncle Tom. I predicted that the way he's been talking about me, that I could give him a good whipping. And I'm so thankful that he did have the power to stand up like he did, because that's what he got was a good whipping. Ah, uh, yeah. Hey, the champ is still here. The champ is in the house right now. And, uh, hey, Pastor Turner, how are we doing? I'm doing very well, Brother Bobby, and so grateful to be in your radio studio today. Man, glad to have you, man. It's been a minute or two, you know, and uh, you know you're always welcome to come in here and do what we do, you know, here at KBOB 89.9 FM. First of all, to those listeners out there, who don't know where you come from and anything about you, kind of explain yourself because most of us do. I hail from the great state of Alabama. Um, in fact, I was born in Tuskegee, Alabama, um, born on the campus of Tuskegee University um, in, their, in the first and last black hospital in Alabama called John Andrew Hospital, which was the same hospital from 1932 to 1972, the United States government gave syphilis to black men. And I was born less than 10 years later in that same hospital. Oh, really? So the complications, I know that uh, the community and stuff still suffers from that Mm -hmm. um, thing that happened right there to those black men. And, uh, man, it's crazy. Yeah, they gave syphilis to over 399 black men. 
and they watched them suffer. Even when the penicillin came out that treats some of the symptoms of syphilis. Uh, and the only reason they stopped brother Bobby is because somebody leaked it to the Washington post. That's it. It wasn't because they grew a conscience and decided to stop the federal. Somebody leaked it. Huh? Yeah. Somebody leaked it to the Washington post. They were giving these men syphilis and they just, um, they just treated black men as though we were nothing. And can you imagine these men with wives going home and Kids, infecting children. their children? Yeah. Their wives, the children had children. In fact, one of the symptoms of syphilis is that your children have a high probability of being born with Down syndrome. And Tuskegee still to this day has a high, has has a higher per capita rate of Down syndrome Trump born children as a direct result of the nineteen of the Tuskegee syphilis study. So what is uh, the population of Tuskegee today? Do the, you know? Almost the exact same size of Greenwood. It is truly oh, really? yes. It it was like a perfect marriage. Booker T. Washington, as you know, came to Greenwood and said, "Y'all have your Negro Black Wall Street." Booker T. Washington right. was also the founding president of Tuskegee University. And the green, we have a Greenwood community in Tuskegee. It is actually a Greenwood community. Yes, Greenwood community in Tuskegee, and uh, it is it is so similar. It's ridiculous. Um, we we do have a college in Tuskegee now. Greenwood, we have Langston, uh, the extension of Langston and Tulsa. Yeah. Um, same number of population, ten twelve thousand people in the Tuskegee city area. Um, we have a high, very high rate of intelligence and education because we have a college there. Uh, we very much so love our heritage and our history. Rosa Parks was born in Tuskegee. Oh, I didn't know she that. She was born right in Tuskegee, Alabama. The Tuskegee Airmen learned how to fly in Tuskegee. Lionel Richie learned to sing. He was from Tuskegee. The Commodores started in Tuskegee. Same thing like the Gap Band. So Greenwood has the Gap right, Band. Right. We have the Commodores. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just so many similarities. Oh, man. A lot of history there. A whole lot of history. You ever go back? Uh, as much as I can. Being in Oklahoma and working hard at the church, um, I have not been able to go back as much as I would like. Uh, and that's just really not even just about being in Oklahoma, but just being in ministry. Uh, it takes a lot of sacrifice. Um, I have not, since I've been in ministry, I have not spent Mother or Father's Day with my parents. Oh. And I've been in ministry since 2007. And credit to my wife, she hasn't as well. She so has. You guys have actually just been here in Tulsa doing all this work. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Got to take a trip, man. I do need to. Um, I keep telling myself I am, or we are, but. You know, it's just hard to make that time when you're so committed to the work you're doing here. Even if it's just for a couple of days, you know. So yeah. I, I understand, you know, when you get busy, you're busy. <laughs> you just get caught up and time flies and, you know, you got project after project after mm-hmm. project, you know, like that going on. So Tuskegee, Alabama, Tuskegee. huh? Yes, sir. And you were in the heart of the racism down off in there, huh? Big time, big, big time. time. The, 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 the gerrymandering case, go million v. Lightfoot, is still one of the um, groundbreaking cases as far as how white people tried to gerrymander or draw district lines of excluding black people. The first case was done in Tuskegee, Alabama, um, by C.G. Gamillion, who was a civil rights leader in Tuskegee. Um, and, of course, George Washington Carver, right, the famous inventor who created over 300 inventions out of peanuts. You know, out of peanuts, he yeah, made over 300 yeah, things. He did. He did. And he never took a dime for any of his patents because he said God gave him that knowledge. How dare he profit from it? And, in fact, if you hear recordings of George Washington Carver speak, 
He has a very high pitched voice. Yeah, I've, I've heard some of them. He personally. learned how to read by befriending a white girl where he was from as he was enslaved. And story goes, part of the one day he was caught reading with her. And the daddy said, you can continue to read with my daughter, but you got to be castrated because we are not going to be having no mixed babies around here. So they castrated. And that's why part of losing your male organs, your voice goes up. You don't, you don't, you don't have that testosterone to produce Mm -hmm. that makes your voice lower. And so he had a very high pitched voice and he always dated females, but he never married. So that's, that's what the word was in Tuskegee was that, he could not because of what happened to him as a child. Mary. He couldn't he couldn't have children. He couldn't have any children, mm-hmm. so he didn't get married. He didn't get married, no. But he dated a lot of females, but he just never to marry him. Yeah, man. Wow. That's a unique story that hasn't been told. Many people don't know mm-hmm. that. And so when I talk to college students, a lot of times I tell them, you know, I ask them how much are they willing to pay for their education? You know, we've had black people who pay in several ways their life or their body parts, you know, how much are you willing to pay for your, for your education? That's true. That's true. Because we're standing on the shoulders of those who came before. Exactly. Us, and we got to really understand that. That's right. And I think a lot of uh, uh, people think it's something they did for themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, I did, I went to school, I got a degree, I got, I studied hard, mm-hmm. you know, but they don't realize the reason you're able to study hard because someone paved the way. Somebody paved the way. You know, and you should give back. That's right. You should give back. You know, you owe. There's a debt. There's been, you know, you owe. You owe. You know, you absolutely. Just, you just owe, and if you're not giving back, then something's wrong. Exactly. You know, and we sometimes people can become uh, selfish in mm-hmm. their own ways. They get the big cars. They get the big cars and the houses and things of that nature. Money in the bank. And they think they've rise. You know, a lot of time when black people get two dollars past bus fare, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. We mm-hmm. think we didn't arrive. That's right. And we're able to stay next door to Mr. Gilmore. That's right. You know, but uh, you got you got to go back and give, man. You know, you got to. Exactly. That's the way I feel now. I everybody, agree. Everybody don't feel that way, but I feel that way. And I think here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, the massacre has traumatized our community, black people here. You know, it takes people sometimes from other places to come here and bring bring about awareness. Mm-hmm. You know, because people are traumatized, man. They're in their shields and in their little holes and stuff like that. Uh, the church, Vernon AME Church, reached out to you. Yes. And you told me earlier one day that you didn't know nothing about really about Tulsa. Not at all. So how did that come about? Tell us once again. I was um, in Birmingham pastoring. Uh, in a church, a wonderful church in Birmingham, and working for um, foundation, managing a three million dollar grant, and I was doing well. Life was good, life was great. Um, but one day, I I just felt had a feeling to come over me that really I knew God had me wanted me to do something else. And so um, when I have moments like that in life. I just, I typically fight God. Like, I don't want to do this. Um, and he always wins. Yeah, um, he always wins. Yeah. And so that one one day I just actually prayed. I talked to a friend of mine. He said, he just called me out the blue and said, hey, man, I know you're going through something. I feel it in my spirit. And I just want to pray, let you know I'm praying with him for you. And that night I went and prayed for myself. And I said, Lord, I don't know what it is you're doing or what it is you're about to do, but I just want you to know 
This time I will not fight you. I say yes to your will. And um, I finish my prayer in Jesus' name. I pray amen. Two seconds later, I get off. My, as I'm getting off my knees to put my cell phone on the charger, I notice as I'm looking at my phone to see what time it is, I say, hey, uh, I noticed I had a text message. So I look at the text message. It's about 11 something at night. And I uh, saw so I had a message from the bishop over this area asking me to come to his district. And I was like, wow. Two seconds earlier, I had just prayed and said yes to God, to whatever and wherever he wanted me to go. And that message came through. And that message came through. Two seconds later, I see the message. So I reply back, yes, right? And then I lean back on my headboard of the bed. Um, and I lay out a deep sigh. And my wife heard me and saw me text, you know. She was like, um, everything all right? <laughs> and I've been married long enough to know that question means a whole lot more than is everything all right. She's reading you. She reading me, and she wanted to know who I'm texting 11 something at night. Right. <laughs> so I, uh, I, I, okay, I, I, okay. Say, I say this, uh, I say that, that was the bishop, and she, and he, asked me about coming to his district. And she says, because she saw our reply, she said, what did you say? And I hadn't talked to her. I hadn't, I didn't ask her before I replied, right? Um, and I said, I said yes. And I was so nervous about what her reply was going to yeah, be. Yeah, without consulting with her, yeah. talking to her about it. Okay. And, and she said, well, I guess we're going. And I said to myself, inside my soul, I said, I love her crazy. <laughs> and yeah. so we both committed to come sight unseen. And um, we have hit the ground running. I didn't know. I didn't even find out where I was going until I got here. So he never told me. I committed, like, the first part of August. He never told you what church you was going I didn't, to. So not, by not knowing what church I was going to, I didn't know how much money I was going to get paid. You didn't know nothing. I didn't know where I was going to live. I didn't know where my kids were going to school. All I knew was I told God yes. And you packed up. Yes. And came here. Yes. And he told you Vernon AME Church. That's right. I bet your eyes got big, huh? Uh, my eyes got so huge because uh, I had not heard anything really about it. So I was really curious. I was unknown. And then the things I was finding out weren't the best. And I was like, oh, my goodness. What have I gotten into? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, my wife is here in the studio uh, with me and the boys. Yeah. And uh, just thank God. That the only family I have, Brother Bobby, are in this room. That's it. The only family I have, blood wait, family. Wait, you got your brother right well, here. Hey, man, <laughs> I appreciate And I do have a, a lot of adopted brothers. Yeah, I got in, you. In this city and sisters who really. But blood family. Yeah. In this room, huh? All of that. All all the blood family I have is sitting in this room. So when you got in Vernon and you accepted that position and you you saw the situation, Black Wall Street mm-hmm. and all that, did they start explaining it to you or, uh, or did you have to find out a lot on your own? So what happened was when I go to any church, I try to survey the capital plant, so to speak. And I walk around the church and normally I'm led by one of my trustees. And one of my trustees led me around this time, and I, I'm very inquisitive, primarily about history. I love history. And I was very intrigued to see the cornerstone. And when he showed me the cornerstone, I immediately noticed 
the year that the basement was erected and built. And it had 1919. And I look, started, and I, 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 I asked him, I said, is this the same basement from 1919? And he said, yes, sir, Pastor. I said, and the massacre happened 1921. Yes, sir, Pastor. I said, and this is the same basement. Yes, sir. So it's the, it survived the massacre. the massacre. He was, yes. I said, do you know what this means? I mean, we got a base. It means we have something left. From 19? From before, before the, massacre. the massacre. Yeah. Which we were always taught, and, and everything I've read, everything was gone, right? Yeah, it just uh, wiped out. Huh? Wiped out completely. Um, um, and now you're finding out there are other things that have been there beforehand. Um, but we know for a fact the only thing left on Greenwood Avenue now, I know that there are other buildings that are in the Greenwood District that were there beforehand, but on historic Greenwood Avenue, all we got is the basement of our church, period. And that that fact that it survived the race mask of 1921, and I look inside the church sanctuary and see a cornerstone from 1908. Mm. So not only did our basement survive, Vernon is landowners, Vernon, is documented from our cornerstone that we were landowners in 1908. The church was built in 1908. You know better than I do, in order to build something, you have to own it before you build it. That's true. Own the land before you build it, because you have to own the land in order to build on it. So, but at the latest, we were landowners in 1908. Do we know who exactly uh, owned the land? Mayor Turley. All of our land was originally given and through the allotments, and Mary Turley was the owner of the whole lot that we have. We have 307 to 311, mm. Mary Turley. And we purchased our piece in 1908. And so today, Vernon is the oldest continuous landowner in the whole Black Wall Street district. Nobody's on their land longer than Vernon. Longer than Vernon. 19, the same parcel of land since 1908. So that's that that history of our people, that resilience is something that needs to be taught and told. And in the whole Greenwood district, the only original landowners on the plot where they are, three churches, Mount Zion, Paradise, and Vernon. Mm. And Vernon is the oldest of the three. Mm. So that's a rich history that a lot of people don't don't really highlight or know about. Yeah, really don't. I'd heard about it, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But uh a lot of our people in our communities and throughout the world don't know that that's that's the history. That's right, right there. You know, because they just thought that everything, like you said earlier, was just torn down, torn and wiped, down, and wiped away. That's right. That wasn't. That wasn't. That wasn't. That wasn't. Now, and go ahead. Did they did they hide down in that basement? Yes. Yes. They hid down. One in of that our basement. oldest members told me that the survivors told her that people hid in our basement. And you see how that is possible. If you come to our church or go to the Tulsa Historical Society website, you can see a picture of our basement, August 1921, two months after the massacre. You see ash above every window except the back two. That's the room people actually hid in. We have factual documentation. They hid in those they rooms. They hid in those rooms where there was no fire. Absolutely. At all. Yeah. Mm. 
But they burned the top part down. Burned the top that. part because we were building. You got a good memory, brother Bobby. Yeah. They were building on top of our basement the sanctuary. Mm-hmm. The white mob destroyed the sanctuary that we were building, but the basement, the four walls of it survived, and the back room that had no fire, people were hidden hiding in. I wonder how many people did it house. I get I that know. question all the time. I mean, if if question. You, yeah, we you know. I wish they had a sign in sheet. Yeah, right. <laughs> right, right, right. Man. But they, they did not. They did not. So after the massacre, they started rebuilding. Yes. Our church uh sanctuary began being rebuilt in nineteen twenty five. And they finished re- rebuilding it in nineteen twenty eight. And we worship in that same sanctuary today. The same uh, went stained glass windows that they put in the same chancellor. We pray at the same altar. We have our communion uh, place, the same podium. I preach behind chairs, all of that. From like 1928. Mm-hmm. The only thing that's been done um, to the interior was after the tornado in 2013. that took the roof off the church. We had to replace the roof um, and it did water damage to our pews. So the okay. pews had to be replaced, okay. and we put carpet over the hardwood, the original hardwood floors. Hardwood floors. Yeah, that's where my grandmother went. Yeah. Yeah, when it was hardwood floors. That's all right. Yeah, she was a member of Vernon back in the day. Uh, yeah, so now you're having service up in there mm-hmm. every Sunday. Every Sunday. You know, and you're doing a lot of works up in that church, man. I see... Homeless people coming through. You've been feeding people for how long now, man? Since March 18, 2020, we have been feeding anybody, black, yellow, white, purple, whatever you are, We you can get a meal at Vernon. I know. I Every see. day. And we just, I want to break it here first. You're hearing it exclusively on the Bobby Eden Show first. <laughs> The Juice Radio Show, KBOB 899.com. We have just crossed giving out over 400,000 meals. Oh, my God. That's that's an accomplishment within itself. Yes. You know, and they're steadily still coming, huh? Still, they came today. Mm -hmm. And the Lord makes the sun shine tomorrow. They'll be there tomorrow. One thing I realized about Tulsa, Oklahoma, if if you are hungry, you can get some. You, <laughs> you can find you some food, man. You can right say that again. In Tulsa, you know, and uh, man, that's just a blessing that you've been able to service the community and the people with this program right here down there on Greenwood. On Greenwood. I, I, I've been down there before and seen you passing our food and stuff. I said, man, he's at it. There is. Man, we and it's a joy and it's a blessing to have the members that we have. Oh man, I thank God for. I, I think we have some of the finest members uh, on the fa- on this side of heaven. Uh, they come out every week to give out meals, and I just want to give a huge shout out to the membership of Historic Vernon AME Church um, that come out and volunteer on a daily basis to make that food ministry possible. Volunteering, right? Yes, sir. Giving the works. Putting That's- in works. And not one God is so good, brother Bobby. Not one of our volunteers has contracted COVID nineteen. Okay. And we okay. have been the we this church doors have been open every day. One of the few places in the country that's not closed their doors since COVID nineteen has come out. And not one of our folk have contracted COVID. Wow. None but a blessing. Any of the homeless people? 
You ever told y'all they they contract all the time? COVID. I got no. COVID. Oh no, not not they have. I thought you were saying that they show their appreciation, but yeah. uh, I I I have not been told that any of the homeless folk have contracted COVID that we serve. Um, a lot of times it's hard to get tested. Mm-hmm. It's hard for them to get tested. Yeah, yeah. Some of them try to hang out, right? They hang mm-hmm. out around around the church. <laughs> yeah, right. We, How you handle that, man? We have to try to, you know, because I know it's comfortable after you eat a good meal, you want to lay down and take a nap. But someone lay down at your front door. This huh? is a food ministry. We are not a hotel, right? You know. Now right. God blesses us one day to be able to house us, but we're not going to turn down the blessings. But right now we are not a hotel. Yeah. So we we try to encourage them to eat, you know, relax. And going on your destination. Yeah, right? yeah, that's right. Going your destination. You know, with it being warm and hot, they gonna hang outdoors. Yeah. <clears throat> when it gets cold, they gonna try to find some place to go indoors. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, we have a lot of uh, homeless people here. We do, and that's what's been like uncovered. And uh, we got a lot of flack from some people in 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 the area that just did not like seeing homeless people. And that, oh, that, really? that was the craziest thing in the world. Yes, that was the craziest thing in the world. This We have a huge issue with classism. We got a big problem with racism. I'll be the first to admit that. Oh, yeah, we know that this race, especially here in Tulsa. That's right. But yeah. we got a huge issue with classism in our community where we just don't like seeing people that don't have any money. It's just it's sad. It's sad. It is sad, huh? You know, don't have any jobs, don't have any money, mm-hmm. can't take care of themselves. We and it's how you treat those folks. To, to me, but for the grace of God, there go I. You know, it could be me or it could be one of my loved ones out there walking the streets looking for a meal. So you just can't, you know, disparage folks just because of their plot in life right now. Because it could happen to any of us. And I, and I had the time to talk to them and hear their stories. And it's so real, like healthcare bills, uh, uh, mental illness, um, um, relationship issues cause folks to get on on drugs, alcohol, uh, bad childhood. I mean, you name it. And all of them, uh, a lot of them have had great education, you know, but they 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 they've made some mistakes in life, as we all have. Yeah, and fallen by the wayside. And they stress is a killer, and it demoralizes you. And some some people um, handle it and, and they self-medicate, right? And they don't – some people just don't – it's not about them being on drugs. They just have had terrible situations with other people, and they just don't want to be around folks. And sometimes they just want to be inside. And so it's a lot of different reasons that it's, – it's more than just, you know, giving somebody a key to go into a house. It's a lot of times you have to see why they are in the situation that they're in. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah, I understand it because, I mean, you can be a lawyer, a doctor, and still be homeless. Still be homeless. People don't understand that, you know. People are, they're educated, there are educated people out there, you know, who are yeah. homeless. And you guess what? You have to be smart to be homeless because you have to find ways to survive. And they they know this community better than anybody I've ever seen in my life. They know everything you do, everything I they They watch us. You know, and they don't bother anybody, but they, they observe it. They are very observant people. Why do you think people who can help don't help? I think we have an issue with um, some people just don't care. Um, and that's so sad to, to admit, but some people, if they can't get any credit for it, 
Now, they'll take a selfie and help somebody. They'll make a video about them helping somebody. But if there's no uh, cameras around, yeah, then they not they don't have time for you. And the other uh, other side of that coin is that you don't have you people, oftentimes just don't care. My mom raised me to go and take place to other folk in the community, or if I saw somebody in need to go and give a helping hand. I don't have to know who they are, but if they are in need, I take that Good Samaritan scripture to heart, you know, um, and try to help out anybody in need. Yeah, trying to help them out. Whether people are that will see it or not. Do you see uh, a lot of females? I see a lot of females. Um, um, I see more males, though. And, in fact, our yeah. largest demographic uh, of, of people that we serve are white men. White men. White men. and that's, more, more than black men. Mm-hmm, huh? mm-hmm. And, and that's, that, that, to me, is so biblical and poetically biblical. Um because the same demographic of folk who burned down our church a hundred years ago are white men. White men. And with the same, the number, the largest demographic of folk we serve are white men. And it just reminds me of that scripture that says that we ought to grow not weary in well doing and to not be overcome with evil, but to overcome evil with good. Mm-hmm. And that's the mantra I try to take through our life. Uh, a lot, a lot of our, uh, the white men here that are homeless, they know where to go to get food and to get to get services, right? Mm-hmm. They do. They know where to go. That's why I said a lot of these folks who, who are homeless, they have more sense than we realize. Um, have a, and they have a lot more book sense than folks who live in houses. Um, they know where to go, and they know how to navigate it. And they're not trying to bother anybody. Like, this whole notion that people who are poor or violent is so misguided. Um, they just want to survive. And they may not like surviving how you survive, but they just want to survive. Yeah. Do you see an influx of mental health, man? It's mental health. You know, I'm, I'm always talking about the mental health issues of yeah. our community. And I'm pretty sure down at the church, you've got some that come down there that really need therapy and they need some mental health, right? Yes. Yes. No, I, I think that if we had more mental health hospitals, that would greatly reduce our housing, our homeless population in half overnight. But as a society, we've chosen to divest funds from mental health and in, and in, and invest more funds into punishment um, and to locking folk up. Yeah, institutions. Institutions. Yeah. And so what you end up happening is you have deputy sheriffs and police officers that are really taking the role of social workers. Exactly. And they shouldn't be. They weren't sent to police academy to do that. And they're trying to do the best they can, but these folks have, a lot of them have mental illnesses that a police officer cannot address or a deputy sheriff cannot address. So all they do is just put handcuffs on them or put them in jail where they really need to be in the mental hospital. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen that happen to a few of our people in our community. Like, and I've talked to police officers mm-hmm. who don't have cultural training mm-hmm. when it comes to blacks and they don't know, like you say, they've just been trained, uh, Hey, rest you, lock mm-hmm. you up, you know, give you a ticket or whatever. Yeah. And that's know? on a good day because otherwise they'll kill you yeah, or tase you. Oh, sure, especially the younger mm-hmm. uh, African-American males. I, like I tell my son and them, I'll be careful out yeah. here on these streets at night because I said, old folks, we're going to lock up and when the we're sun lock go down. Up. That's right. You know, so, yeah, so be careful, you know, what you're dealing with in 2021. That's right. You know, and things of that nature right there. So the church is providing a lot of uh, stuff for the community. I see it. We can feel it. 
you you've even brought some food by my house before. Well, man, that's 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 you between know. you and I. That's <laughs> you know, we good. You dropped some something off, and me and my son said, "Oh, look out! Man. We're gonna be able to eat today." <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, you know, the burden of uh, being able to find food or something like that, but. It's a good thing. It is. It's a real good thing that, and a good program that you're doing it. And you've been doing it for how long now again? Since March 18, 2020. We've been giving out food yeah. every day, Brother Bobby. And yeah. that's in the rain, the sleet, we snowstorm. When ice was up to the door handles of the church, we opened up those doors and gave out food. Well, that's a good thing right there. Because there are very few churches that I, and I, talk, I say this all the time and I'm going to say it again. Very few churches in our community do things in our community mm. to enhance the lives of others. And it's very, I can count them probably on, on two hands, mm. you know, the ones who are actively doing things and getting out and go forth and building up the walls of your community. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And uh, uh, very few are doing that, you know. Mm. And we, they say we have a couple of hundred churches in District 1. I can believe it. You know, so if those pastors of those churches would do more than just hold Sunday morning service and Wednesday night Bible study, you yeah. know what I mean? We could really grow our community a lot more, knock on some doors, serve the people, do things in the community, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what they say that's what Jesus did, right? Yeah, that's right. You know, that's what he did, so why don't you do what he do? You Amen. Say, you know, so... That's the way I feel about it. That's, no, just, Bobby, that's just Bobby talking to y'all. You know? I agree, brother. You know, I talk about this all the time, you know, how we can be more of a service with our churches. Because mm-hmm. the churches sometimes can humble us mm-hmm. to the point to where we get in church and we get real humble yeah. upon the ministry. Yeah. You know, and so we need to have some of that fire like Jesus had. That's right. Because he had fire. He did. He had his posse with him. That's right. His boys was with him and they was rolling. That's right. Know? It was rolling, so we need to get some of that back into us right there. Now, you're in the church. You're serving people. You're serving the community. We just went through the 1921 centennial. Mm-hmm. 100 years. Everybody came here. Lights, camera, action, uh, dignitaries. Uh, well-known people from around the country and around the world came to Tulsa, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. They came to your church yeah. as well. Yeah. How did you feel about all of that? I was, I was, to be honest, I was deeply moved at the showing of respect for the Greenwood community and historic Vernon. Um, I was very moved that people reached out to come worship in what they considered to be hollow ground and to see and to witness the turnout of people from all over the country, over the world, black, white, yellow, brown, whomever, um, to come to just take a pilgrimage through Black Wall Street and to come take a piece of Vernon um, was deeply moving. I mean, we we had the Reverend Jesse Jackson. We had uh, the majority Will James Clyburn. We had Senator Chris Coons, Congress Lady Barbara Lee, and Congress Lady Rochester. We, 
We had Bishop William Barber. We we had so many people. I can't even begin to name. I mean, those are the folks inside the church. We're not even talking about the folks that passed through and, right. and came around. We we had a dedication of our prayer wall for racial healing, which was which became like the preeminent event on that May 31st date. Uh, drew out uh, one of the largest crowds, period, uh, for, of anything. Um, we had several several interviews, media. Um, Speaking of media, man, mm-hmm. you've been on. A, you did a lot of uh, documentaries. Mm-hmm. I was in some of them too with you. Yeah, you know, yeah, you did a better job than I did. I don't know, man, about that one right there. I just know that you were in some, and I look up, I be in some. Yeah, we did, you know, the uh, LeBron James mm-hmm. documentary, the Russell Westbrook, mm-hmm. and all of the MSNBC. Mm-hmm. We did all of that stuff, right? Yeah, the media was here and advanced before the centennial took place. And they told we told the story, mm-hmm. you know, from uh, you know us in the community. Yeah. And uh, how do you feel that it impacted the world? I think for a moment we had the eyes of the whole world on Tulsa, on Greenwood, um, and I think that what happened here sent shockwaves across the nation, and across the world across the world huh? Mm-hmm. yeah it did you know i'm still getting some feedback out of that being a radio station yeah because uh people are reaching out for me other radio stations are reaching out over here at this radio mm-hmm. station from various different you know and a lot of those, those guys came on your show yeah. Like Jesse Jackson was on yeah, your show. Yeah. I oh, right. That. Right. And Bishop Carlton Pearson. That's right. Bishop Jesse Pearson. Jack- yeah. yeah. All of them was over here on mm-hmm. the show. And unfortunately, unfortunately, you couldn't make it that day. Yeah, I know. I hated that. Yeah. But, uh, hey, man, you were here in spirit. Yeah. And we chopped it up and talked about a lot of things. Good. You know, and, uh, you know, it, it's good that uh, all of them came through. Now, we've had this centennial. Everybody's come through. Uh, Biden was here across mm-hmm. the street mm-hmm. at the cultural mm-hmm. center, mm-hmm. and I was in there, and you were in there yeah. as well. And everybody has gone. Yeah. I'm always told everybody. I say, look, when they leave, we gonna still be here. That's right. You know, we gonna still, still be, be right here. here in Black Talk. That's us, right. Dealing with our issues. That's right. Think, do you think it was effective enough for people to think about maybe coming here with some economic development back and investing back in Tulsa? Absolutely. Um, and that's one of the things that I really wish we had more of. Um, I know there are a lot of things being done now, um, but we have nothing as far as what you mentioned, um, as much as many people that came here and as much that was said and done and broadcast about this community, um, not only about economic development, uh, where's the conversation now? Yeah, like, where is it at? You know, has it fizzled on down and people just kind of uh, for some, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, but we continue on at Vernon, we continue on. Uh, I just like to sit hall today protesting yeah. for reparations. Mm-hmm. Um, it's this is not a fad. 
You know, it's for a me, way of life. it's a way of life. And you know, we do the same over here. Mm. We constantly talk about the massacre. You do. And all the time. Yes. We, we've been talking about it before all those people That's right. got here. Mm-hmm. We continue to talk you about it. You had me on your show. We talked yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah we too. talk about it. So, you know, we have to not only talk about it, but be about it. That's right. You know? And uh, uh, we got to get more people involved, you know. And uh, when everybody left, because we had... Uh, for, after the centennial, we had Juneteenth, mm-hmm. and that I heard it was forty, fifty thousand people lot out of there, people. man. A lot of Ooh, people. It was the biggest Juneteenth in the nation. I heard, yeah, yeah. That was it, more, more remarkable. It was remarkable, man, seeing all these mm-hmm. black people and white and Hispanic people together. Yeah. You know, and it had and, just become a holiday, a federal holiday. Yeah, like just, days before. Right, right. It was a beautiful thing. It was, it was a beautiful, beautiful thing, and having them all in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And, you know, some people came here, and I'm noticing that some people, I know they came to Vernon. Oh, yeah. People come looking for you at Vernon. Oh, yeah. AME Church yes. in Tulsa. Yeah. You know, and it's probably even still to this day. Yeah, absolutely. People who are, who are visiting Tulsa, coming down on Man. Black Wall Street, want to come down there and holler. This week, we've had over 500 people, and it's Wednesday. This this week. See there? We've had over 500 people come inside. To, to we had a group from Missouri, uh, we had a group from Kansas, Pennsylvania. We, today we just gave a tour to the whole athletic department. Yeah, I heard at Tulsa University, University of Tulsa, uh, the whole athlete, like from the AD to all the coaches to everybody, all the players everybody. from every sport. Uh, it was a, it was a couple of hundred, however many in the athletic department. Didn't that start about nine o'clock today? It did. Yeah, it did. Yeah, I it heard, did. I it did. Make it, but I was I was had you in spirit. But powerful time. Yeah, great time. It heard about it you know and the reason i know you got it going on like that down in vernon because some of that spills over here to the radio mm. station and somebody well let me go by the radio station and see this bobby eaton guy over here mm-hmm. and they come over here and they drive their cars with out-of-town plates on mm-hmm. and stuff and I'm, I'm like wow man this is we just came down from greenwood yeah to, to, to church and yeah you know so it's a networking kind it of thing. is a rising tide lifts all boats yeah it does you know, and I believe that. That's why I don't really get into the bickering and the division because I believe if the Bobby Eaton show rises and successful, everybody rises. Everybody rises. A rising tide lifts. If your boat is on the water, it's going to be lifted by the tide. Right now, if you want to dam up the river, then you're going to block your own blessing. You know, but 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 a rising tide lifts all boats. Man, that's a good saying. I'm going to remember that. I'm going to remember that, man, because uh, a lot of history. A lot of stuff has been told. You know, this centennial exposed the world who did not know. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think about it. Pastor Turner never heard of this. No, they haven't. They didn't hear until uh, May 31st of 2021. That's this right. Year. The first time they ever experienced and heard about mm-hmm. it. And uh, I think a lot of the whites <clears throat> are still reaping benefits from that absolutely you know, through their children they've mm-hmm. been able to pass things down and here in tulsa which i consider tulsa uh a racist city yeah now that's me yeah no i agree you i know. consider america a racist nation well it is a racist so that's nation. me <laughs> yeah me too and when we're only a small they say small 13 percent mm-hmm. of the united states of america david and goliath mm-hmm. type fight you know what i mean and uh uh, uh they haven't done justice no 
for us. No. Not yet. No, Ever. not at all. Now, other ethnic groups like uh, uh, Hispanics mm-hmm. and, and uh, Native Americans can get reparations. Oh, yeah. And they can get casinos all that. and money. All and that. Do we support all that. You know, yeah. yeah, that we support, <laughs> yeah. you know, because we built this country. That's right. You know, why we built the White House and we the built Capitol the, yes, and sir. all of that, which they serve every day. Mm-hmm. And we can't get a penny, man. We can't get a day. And if they give you a penny, they're going to give everybody else a dime. Yeah, right. You're going to have a dime, <laughs> you know. And we if they give us a penny, they got to make sure everybody else gets a dime. That's why I'm always preaching to us as we, we need to get back to the Black Wall Street way mm-hmm. of life. Yeah, investing in our own and not just giving up everything that we got. That's right. You know, because we are, we'll sell it, we'll give it up. I mean, you know, this property we own right now is is in dire straits. Mm-hmm. You know, and so we gotta uh, learn how to be together. Man, That's right. You know, and support one another. Black businesses need to support black businesses. Yes. Not only just going by there buying something, but mm-hmm. support them. Let's support Tell them. others and support. That's right. You know, I was in Quick Trip. I'm going to tell you a little story. Okay. <clears throat> I was in Quick Trip right here at Pine and Peoria, mm-hmm. and uh, I was standing in line, mm-hmm. you know, and I had my little stuff. It was a long line. So I went up to, I uh, know, I heard while I was standing in line, I heard two dudes out of the left side of my ear. That's him. That's, that's Bobby Eaton. That's the radio station guy. You know, I heard I heard that yeah, I, so you know, cool. out of my ear. We okay, and I heard that. I said, yeah. I didn't turn around like, hey, you know what I mean? I just looked forward. That's the radio station guy. He got the radio station. So I went up and paid for my stuff, and then I, wa- I was walking out, and they said, hey, Mr. Eaton, Mr. Eaton. I said, yeah, yeah. How can I help you? They say, man, we love what you're doing. Good. We support you. Isn't that something? They, they Check this out, though. They say, we really, really support you. And it just hit me, and I turned around, and I looked at them. I say, how do you support me? Mm-hmm. Mm. I said, how do you support me? And they looked. They couldn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I appreciate all the accolades and all of, the, all of that. You appreciate the words. The words. <laughs> but I, say, I said, well, how do you support how me? How do you support me? How, tell me, how do you support me? <laughs> And they couldn't really say anything. I yeah. say, I got children's programs over here. We, we do a lot in the community. We can use your volunteer yeah. Yeah. Ism and, you know, coming over and, yeah. you know, that would be some great support. support. That's right. You know, that would be some great support, you know. And like, like right now, <clears throat> I got a $5 campaign going. <laughs> a $5 campaign. Hey, man, we're trying to raise my, I said, well, if we all use our social media platforms mm-hmm. and solicit everybody just to give five dollars, mm-hmm. I ain't saying give no hundred bucks or no fifty dollars and that, mm-hmm. but just submit five bucks. You yeah. spend that going to Quick Trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, you spend that going out just to on on a tip mm-hmm. in a restaurant or whatever. I said five dollars, so we can raise enough money to get this transportation that I've been trying to get this fifteen passenger van yeah. to put towards that. Now we. We got a couple of dollars, but we just don't have enough. Hmm. And uh, I'm like, it's a slowly grab. Five dollars is a slow grind to get there, you know. But it's it's going, yeah. you know. But it's not going as fast as we thought. So all I, all we ask is that people go to Cash App, yeah, eat media. Well, I'm gonna give you something. I'm gonna give you more than five dollars a night. <laughs> I'm gonna give you something before I leave. Well, that's good, man. I appreciate that because it, it doesn't go to me. Don't no, go to my pocket. I know. It goes to the kids and uh, who are involved over here. We're trying to send them to New York. 
Yeah, you know? nice. Yeah, so we've got a plan right now. We're going to send them to the Breakfast Club. Okay. And we're going to send them to some other media outlets, like we did in yeah. Atlanta. We did that in Atlanta. I remember. I saw pictures yeah, of it. Yeah, Atlanta, when we took them to uh, CNN mm-hmm. and, and Tyler Perry Studios mm-hmm. in Atlanta. So now we're going to go to New York. We're going to fly them all to New York, and we're going to take them around and introduce them to all of these journalism stuff, yeah. you know, because it's journalism. That's right. And give them an experience of a lifetime. That's right. You know, so, and we're raising money and funding for all of that kind good. of stuff. Ramal Brown is yeah. heading that up. Ramal, good guy. Good guy. He's heading it all up. So we, uh, we, we do stuff over here. You know, we're more than just a radio station and get on the radio and just talk. You do a lot of yeah. good, and I think you are not commended enough for the great work that you've done and what you try to do for our children. It ain't just me, my Especially. brother. Especially, all right. We got we got people like Charles and Charles Harper and mm-hmm. Molly Wilson mm-hmm. who come over here and work and uh, they do know, some wonderful they do work. some wonderful work mm-hmm. in our community. They're out and about, so we got a lot of people over yeah. here who do things, you know, yeah. who do things in the community outside of just coming in this radio station talking, talking about mess. Yeah, talking about mess. Just like what you're doing over yeah, there yeah. in that church. Yeah, we got a lot of folks just, you know, you do, you're right. You have a lot of folks doing more than just talking about mess. Just talking about mess. And, and, and stirring up stuff. You got folks that are doing positive things. And like you. Yeah, you do. And I, 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 I try to lift up those type of voices. Yeah, me too. You know? All the time. I try to give a voice to the voice. Mm-hmm. You do a wonderful job of that. You know, and over here at KBOB 89.9, I don't give a hoot what status you are on that's right you know that man i don't give a you know status quo i don't care if you're a doctor you're a lawyer mm-hmm. you got a million dollars in the bank everybody to me is on the same on level the same level and i was telling somebody if the mayor came over here mm-hmm. and i was talking to a homeless person the mayor is going to have to wait that's right until i get through that's right talking to this homeless person that's right you know or a single parent that's mother right. And two children who come through this door, mm-hmm. I'm going to service them and, and try to lead them some kind of direction. That's right. You know, I've had a woman two weeks ago, she came in here with her two little boys, and she said, Mr. Eaton, i I got to figure out what to do with my sons. They're getting big. One is eight and the other's ten. And I said, well, let's see what we can do. Uh, let's put them in some sports programs. Let's get them with a coach. Mm-hmm. Call up a coach. Blah, 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 blah. Let's get them. Uh, how they graze? They graze okay, blah blah. Let's get them so and so because we got programs in our city, hundred black men and other other mm-hmm. programs that can help some of these youth if we just direct them that's in the right track. You know, so that's, right. that's what we try to do. I love it. Yeah, so part of part of the program right there. Speaking so, of youth, I would love for my boys to say hey and my. Well, we're gonna do that. We're gonna take a break. Just, yeah, and we're gonna get them all in the chair. Okay. And we're going to get your family here. Good. Okay, right. All right, well, stick around, okay? Hold on. All right. You're on the Bobby Eaton Show where we tell our stories our way. And we're going to be back with uh, the legendary, I I call him the legendary great pastor, Robert Turner, is in the house. And we're going to have his family come aboard. And uh, they're going to get on the microphone. And we're going to talk it and chop it up right here. Meanwhile, i got to pay the bills. You can dial the number if you want to talk to uh, Pastor Turner, 646-716-5525. And don't forget to press that one button if you want to talk to Pastor Turner. You're here on the Bobby Eaton Show where we tell our stories our way.
We'll be right back. Stick around. Searching for ways to grow your business? Or perhaps you would like to invest in Tulsa's African-American community? The Black Wall Street Chamber of Commerce is a great place to start. The Chamber was created to serve and increase the visibility of needs in our community. It is an umbrella organization for local businesses, the Tulsa Juneteenth Festival, BWS Black Women in Business, and the Grassroots Economic Development Fund known as BWS The Power Group. For more information about the Black Wall Street Chamber of Commerce or to donate to the Power Group, visit bwschamber.com. Hello, Tulsa. This is Janetta Toll with Sunday Dinner and More by Janet, your weekend soul spot. Every Saturday and Sunday from 11 a.m. until 4 p.m. We're located 531 East Apache in the historic Apache Circle Center. Of course, during these times, it's carry out only, but you can call 918-951-5143. That's Sunday Dinner and More by Janet. P&J Publishing Incorporated announces a new book release, The Entrepreneurial Woman. The World is Your Playground by Angela K. Chambers, MES. Available right now for pre-order at payhip.com slash B slash N-B-A-C. The book release is set to hit June 1st, 2020. If you're ready to publish your book, visit us online at www.pnjpublishing.com. Unleash that book that's inside of you with PNJ Publishing. Tulsa Transit is excited to introduce the Route 969 Workforce Express Network. The new Highway 169 Corridor Job Shuttle, WEN, is a fixed route service offering access from North Tulsa and Turley. Stops include Macy's, Amazon, Whirlpool, and Port of Catoosa. Save time and money when you ride the WEN Route 969. And for your protection, buses are clean daily. Visit TulsaTransit.org for more details. All right. Hey, we're back from the Bobby Eaton Show where we tell our stories our way. Hey, in the heart of Black Wall Street, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Hey, the great and only Pastor Robert Turner. How we doing, man? Be back again, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I got I got my 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 crew with me. Yeah, go ahead and int- introduce your crew, man. That's what we want to know who's who. I want to start off with my youngest born. Um, his name is Robert Malcolm Martin Turner, aka Bobby. See, Bobby, he got a good name. Yeah. How you it, doing, Bobby? Well. You doing well? Okay. And he just turned nine years of age uh, on June twenty eighth, and. My oldest, my firstborn, Robert Richard Allen Turner the second, aka Deuce. He is ten, turning eleven in September. How you doing, man? I. You doing all right? You play drums too, don't you? Mm-hmm. I heard a little bit about that. And last but definitely not least, but the one who, who who birthed those two previous names I mentioned, um, the 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 one who agreed to come to this foreign land we call Oklahoma and <laughs> the love of my life uh, and the apple of my eye, um, the epitome of grace and my heart. Her name is Lady Cherie Turner. 
All right, you guys. How you doing? I'm doing well. Okay, welcome to the Bobby Eaton Show, where we tell our stories our way. Glad to have this wonderful family of our community here. And uh, let me ask you this. What is it about him? I'm going to dig into it. Oh, what is it about him that oh. makes him just go like this energizer bunny? Well, you know what? Um, I can vividly remember when we first started dating. Okay. Uh, and he, when was that? <laughs> back at the University of Alabama, Rose Hot. Okay. Uh, we met there, and we started dating, and I vividly remember him helping um, the homeless. He would just, we would literally, because I go to church, and that's that's what I do. I, I as, Even as a college student, I would go, go to, to church. church. Yeah. So, we were on our way to church one day, and he stopped on the way to church to ask a stranger, you know, are you all right? Do you need anything? And, you know, I'm looking at him. I'm, because I'm a female, I, I have to be a little bit more cautious about my surroundings, especially in college. So I was just looking, and he would, he would just, every stranger that looked like they were in need, he would ask if they needed anything. So I knew then that he genuinely had the heart to help anyone who's in need. So for him, it, it's his passion, it's his mission to always help anyone who's in need. So for him, it's just it's not about what you see, the, the ends. It's, mm-hmm. it's all about really him serving his, his purpose, which is really to help other people. Is that what attracted you to him? Well, you know, or his what? heart. His heart? His heart. He has the big heart. I can also remember sitting in the car waiting for him to open my door, and he was going to help this little girl bring her bicycle up some steps. And I was was looking like, what is he doing? And I see him picking up this little bicycle and putting it on the steps, and this little girl was just looking up saying, thank you so much. And then he came over and opened my door, and I was like, that was so thoughtful. That was so sweet because he... He really has a big heart, and he genuinely has a heart to serve the Lord. So it was his heart, really, that drew me, you know. Wow. So let me ask you this. When you guys were in school, mm-hmm. how did this, how did it hook up? <laughs> I mean, how did it actually, I mean, did you just see her in the cafeteria one day or, you know. Uh, Honest or to God. Basically, yeah, I saw her. We have this student union called the Ferguson Center at the University of Alabama. Mm-hmm. My freshman year, and okay. as soon as I saw her, and it wasn't even like a facial see, it was just like I, she walked by. I'm like right here, and she was walking by where that door is, and honest to God, when I saw her walk by, it ne- I had never experienced it before in my life. I heard something say, that's your wife. Really? Honest to God. It just came to you like that. Said, that's your wife. So what did you do, man? I got a number. I, I, didn't, I didn't go and, to and, her. And you gave it to her, No, she did no. not. She no. did not. Oh, I, okay. I, I, I was very resourceful okay. Okay. in college. And so I found people who knew her, and I got her phone number. Oh, from them people, huh? Yeah. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't give it to her, huh? Okay, 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 okay. I got a number, and I called her, and I, uh, I'll never forget it. I was 18 years old. I was a freshman in college, and I, I said, hey, um, I'm Robert. I know you don't know me, uh, but I saw you today, and I feel like you're going to be my wife one day. That was, I, that's what he told you? But guess what? Guess what? I'm, I'm, let me finish. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I know it sounds real. 
I said, but <laughs> hey, I know we we probably need to start off as friends first. Well, you went in, you know? boy, okay. but I, I just want you to know that's where I see you. And uh, I said, I would like to talk to you tomorrow. And um, I call you tomorrow. And she said, okay, whatever, whatever. I call her the next day, Brother Bobby. She's about to go out on a date. <laughs> oh, woo! So I'm like, oh, my goodness. And he's going on a date, huh? insert mouth. I just was so, the next you two, three, wait. I was crushed. Oh, my I brother. fell into a, 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 a despair. Yeah. Depression. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I would see her throughout campus but never like speak because I'm like that's the girl who I humiliated myself yeah. <laughs> in front of her. that wasn't normal for me I don't I've never done that before in my life she was yeah. the first last person I've done that to and um, I was like I didn't want to talk to her because I thought it was going to be humiliating but one day you know I saw her in the computer lab mm-hmm. and Paul Mahal mm-hmm. and then um, I gave her my number and she didn't call. <laughs> and she didn't call, huh? I don't call, like, guys. A, a yeah, right, later, right, 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 right. A month later, I see her in another computer lab, because that was before everybody had laptops. And right, right, right. In the room. And um, she was eating some food. She was eating some Nutri-Grain bars. And I'm like, that ain't, I was, I'm from Alabama. That's not food to me. Okay. Nutri-Grain bars not food. Mm-hmm. And so it was I a said, granola. A granola, that's right. It was a granola. She said granola. Huh? And I said, that's not food. I okay. said, are you hungry? And she was like, no. I'm fine. She said, no. I said, if you're hungry, we can go get something to eat. And um, she kept eating this granola. Mm-hmm. And I said, next time you eat that granola, we're going to have to go get something to eat because you're hungry. No, I wasn't hungry. And so she ate it again. I said, oh, it's time to go. Let's go get something to eat. And we did it. And we mm-hmm. had a conversation in the car. She drove because she didn't trust me. She didn't know me. Okay. And That's so right. I asked so you her, guys met up? We met up. Went up. We talked in the car. And I was talking about this girl that I really liked. And I confessed my likeness for her. And I just knew she knew I was talking about her. I had no clue. Really? She had forgot no clue. completely. You thought he was talking about somebody else? Yes, because what he was saying didn't really register. It didn't make a lot of sense to me. So he kept saying all these nice things. And I was like, okay, okay, he's talking about me. But then he said, well, I called her one day and I told her all these things. And I was like, no, that, that wasn't me. Who was he talking about? <laughs> mm-hmm. So he eventually came around. He was like, I called you. I was like, but I never, I've never spoken to you before <laughs> over the phone. What are you talking about? He said, I did. I said, you know what? I thought I had a, it was a weird dream. I thought I had, I thought, I thought I had a weird dream that uh-huh. someone called and it must have been like one two o'clock in the morning and i was asleep you were asleep i was half sleep and i remember oh he called you that late yes Uh oh (laughs) so i i i didn't remember the phone call i thought it was just a dream i was like i had this weirdest dream that someone called and said something about me being his wife but take it slow and then I said it was just the weirdest thing, but I just brushed it off the next day uh-huh. and just, I just thought it was just, you know. So you just thought you were in a dream. Yeah. You know, like and I forgot about it until he mentioned until it like two years later or so. Mm-hmm. So, wow. So you took that as a dream mm-hmm. and then was it the next day that he said something to you again mm-hmm. or something? No, it was sometime later, but for some reason I have, I, I have a very 
I remember everything. Like I rarely forget anything. So I just put it in the back of my mind. I was like, oh, okay, well, I just shrugged it off. And then he told me about it sometime later. For it's me, about it felt the conversation. Like, huh? Yes, about the conversation. For me, it felt like years later. How, but how it, long was that, man? How long do you think that was? It felt like a thousand years. Because every time I saw her, you know, somebody you want to speak to, but you're too embarrassed. Yeah. And so uh, it, it was, no, but really it was no more than like two years. But two years in college feels so like. So two years passed by, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, about two years. Yeah. Were you guys dating other people? Yes. Absolutely, yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah, she was dating. and In fact, she had serious relationships. I had more casual. <laughs> oh, you were, you, oh, you were more committed relationships. Yeah, yeah. she was. She was you was, was bad boy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, hands down. Yeah, yeah, bad boy. Okay, I got uh, it. It was good that we probably didn't talk right then. Yeah, God, God was looking up. <laughs> so you guys are living on campus, or off campus? No, I lived she off lived campus. Off campus. Yeah, and I lived on, on campus. campus. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was saving my little money. I have a couple <laughs> pennies. I had three jobs in college, brother. By me, three jobs. Yes. You were working three jobs? I was working three jobs in college. All every day? Every day. I was working three and still yeah. was in the honors program and graduated cum laude. Wow. Yeah. How did you do? What were you doing? Man, everything. <laughs> I, was doing, I was doing everything. Um, I was, yeah, man, I worked, uh, I worked on campus. I was a referee for intramural sports. I worked in libraries. You worked on- I worked, I mean, any place that was hiring. Um, I was a student officer, had a position uh, with our school. Um, I was a student monitor. I helped escort, you know, people to their dormitory room, especially college girls who may have gotten intoxicated. Right, You know, help right. them get to their room without, you safely. know, yeah, safely. Um, kind of like the campus police, but I was just a student version of that. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, you name it. Um, you were I, doing, I was it. doing. You just accepted it. Right? I accepted. You paying? I'm working. I'm working. <laughs> you had a little couple of dollars in your oh, pocket. Oh yeah, I was rich. Now I was, I was hood rich. I was, I was. Hey, you were staying on campus. Yeah, and you were hood rich. That's right. And, I had you it. could buy a few hamburgers. That's right, man. So we went. Our first date was at McAllister's. We'd yes, go to McDonald's. Was. Okay. You know that was a step up for me, McAllister's. Okay. And so uh, I still love McAllister to this day. Do you? Yeah. Is it still, still there? Yeah. It's still there. Okay. The same one. Yes. It's still there. In fact, the first movie theater we went to in Tuscaloosa is still there, too. Tuscaloosa. Yes, sir. What's Tuscaloosa. The, what's the name of the college? The Alabama. University of Alabama. Nick Saban, National Champions, all right. that good stuff. Uh-huh. Well, your boy, uh, Josh Jacobs, went. Okay. Local, okay. local, yeah, local yeah, yeah, phenom. Yeah, right, McLean right, High right, School. Right, right, Josh. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Great right. job he did for us at Alabama. Yeah, man. Good thing. So, you guys in school, you staying off campus. And uh, she's staying off campus, and you are living on campus. I'm living in the frat house. Frat houses. <laughs> and both of you guys are dating other folks. Yeah, man. And then how did they come together, though? In that computer lab. I just <laughs> sat next to her. In the, in the com- you remember that? I vividly remember that because he was the only guy in the computer lab in a three-piece suit. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, that sounds like Pastor Turner. In a three- he was in a three-piece suit, huh? Yes, he was. And I knew he liked me because every time I would see him on campus, he would be smiling and waving. And I'm like, he is so happy. He was just, he was Were just, you attracted to him? I mean... I, I'm a focused person, so I wasn't really paying attention, paying attention right. until he came into the computer lab and he sat right beside me and he kept talking to me. And I was like, he is always so nice. And he kept talking. I was like, okay, 
All right. So finally, I you I decided to go ahead. Yes, I decided to listen to whatever he had to say, and and he. Was I bet he was happy and grinning. Huh? <laughs> oh wow! Huh? Smiling ever since. Yes. Ever since, huh? Yeah. Wow, man, yeah. that is too crazy. Yeah. You know. Okay, there we go. So, with that being happening, and you guys meeting each other in the computer lab, and you start dating yes. mm-hmm. from that day on? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. Mm-hmm. One thing led to another. That's right. Then you got married? Got married. Where you get married at? Columbus, Mississippi. Columbus? 15th yeah. Street Church of God in Christ. She was Koji. Oh, you were Koji yes. at the time, huh? That's right. Okay. And so... How did you get to Mississippi? Oh, you from Mississippi? I'm from Mississippi. So you from Mississippi? Yeah, Mississippi. yeah. I you love from my Alabama. Girls you're from raised in the South. Right, right, right. <laughs> so y'all got married down in Mississippi, yeah. mm-hmm. in Columbus, mm-hmm. and it was the start of a new beginning, huh? Yes, everybody. I bet you that wedding was something else, wasn't it? Well, it was around Christmas time, yeah. and we wanted it to be very intimate. Uh huh. Um. And a lot of people were just doing Christmas vacation stuff too, so mm-hmm. it was nice. It was it was the best day of my life. Yeah. You know, yeah. we the broom. We, yeah, we lived in. Matter of fact, I was living in Chicago at the time, mm-hmm. so I had to come back home, and he had to come over. So yeah, it was a lot of traveling involved. Okay, nice. so you can get married in your in hometown. My hometown. Mm-hmm. What part of Mississippi? Columbus. Columbus. It's, it's about an hour. From Tuscaloosa. Tuscaloosa. Yes, okay. it's, it's a smaller, like smaller city. Well, yes, a town. It's, it's in the Golden Triangle. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, all right, Mississippi girl. I'm huh? a Mississippi girl. Oh That's yeah. Right. It's I not too it. far from Mississippi State. Mississippi yeah. State's in Starkville. Columbus is the next little town over. I got you. I got you. I got you. I love it. A few people here from Mississippi. Really? Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Marcus Harper. Okay, yeah, that's he, right. Yeah, he, he went from, to Jackson State, I believe. <laughs> yeah, he went to Jackson State. Uh-huh. He met, that's where he met Vanessa. That's right. Yeah, down oh, there. Nice. Yeah, they met down there, Jackson State. So, yeah. Good. It's good. But. And five years later came this guy right here. <laughs> came him. Yes. And he was born, and boy, he was your firstborn. Huh? Yes, he was. He was born in Columbus, Georgia. We lived in Phoenix City, but the hospital was in Columbus, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Do you remember Columbus, Georgia? Where you? What you really remember? Uh, I remember a lot of mm, traffic. Traffic. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Do you? Uh, is, is your family and all that down there in those parts? Well, my family is still in in Mississippi. Mississippi primarily, um, my primarily like South Haven, Memphis, Tennessee area. Okay, but I my parents you. are still in Columbus. Mississippi. Columbus, right now, mm-hmm. to this day. Yes. You, and you guys don't get to get down there that often, do you? No, unfortunately, yeah. not, mm. not so much. No. So he grew up in Columbus. No, no. Uh, I mean, uh, he well, he was born in Phoenix City. In Phoenix. Well, City. really, Columbus, Georgia. We live Columbus, in Georgia, City. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was born there, and my youngest was born in Mobile, Alabama. Okay, man, y'all all over the place. Yeah, huh? yeah. the church. It's the because church. of the church, it's right? Because of his, his movement of the church. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. So they spent all their childhood in Alabama. Yeah. Except for the last three, almost four years. Yes, and that was here in Tulsa. In Tulsa. Mm-hmm. You guys like Tulsa? Yes, sir. Pretty like, much. Huh? Pretty much. Pretty much so? What do you guys like to do? Play uh, video games. I, like I knew that was coming. Video games, right? I like main events. Main events. 
Like what, for example? The place that uh, has the bowling and the arcade. Oh, the main event place. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. You like to go there, huh? What do you like to do when you go there? Well, I saw this machine that sells a silver watch. I wanted to get it, but I couldn't. Okay. It's a little machine with the claw. The claw and yeah, stuff. I'm it, never, to, I'm learning. it never works. Then so. nobody wins. <laughs> nobody. You know didn't put your little claw to the down and pull things yeah. up. Yeah. I think they stuff them in there on purpose I where you can't, you can't pull them. Yeah. So you're going to spin, you know, That's like right. that. Right. So you guys play a lot of video games? Yes. What's your favorite? Assassin's Creed. Assassin's Creed. 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 Say it right. Okay. Creed. Creed. Well, you know, you got to teach an old man. <laughs> I, I'm trying to learn how all these about these games and stuff like that because that's what youth do today. That's right. You know, all of them do it. They play these games and stuff. You guys ever go outdoors? Sometimes. Yeah. What do you do? You shoot basketball or anything like that? Yes, we used to, but then we got so hooked up on games, we kind of forgot about basketball. Oh, really? Okay. What about bicycles? You guys got bikes and stuff? No, we're about to buy a new one. Uh oh. We had some bikes for both for my oldest. Somebody actually stole his bike out the yeah. front of yard. Really? Yeah. They, they came and got the bike. They came and got, got his the bike. bike. Yeah. So we got to get him another bike. They didn't steal my youngest because his was in the garage, but yeah, they, they stole my oldest. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, people, man, you can't have nothing. You can't have nothing. It was in, the, in front of the front door. They took the bike. It was right in front of the front right door. Right in front of the front door. And they came up there and took they that took bicycle. The bike. Walked off sure the bike. Yeah. Man, sure go ahead. Yeah. My youngest video game is Minecraft. That's Minecraft. I heard of that. Yeah, that one. Yeah. yeah. You like that, Minecraft? How many levels? It got certain levels, don't it? Well, actually, that depends. You can talk to y'all about Minecraft now. So. Keep going. That depends on what you get. For example, coal is only one level. Okay. One level, huh? And diamonds about 20. 20 levels? Wow. What, which one do you have? Uh, 17. 17 levels? Man, you good, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you real good, man. You know, you're a technical genius, huh? And, and you appreciate my oldest son. And my youngest does, too. My oldest plays the drums at church, and my youngest is learning how to play the guitar. Okay, good, man. Pick up the guitar. Brother Bobby plays instruments. Yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah. He's really good on the guitar and drums. Yeah, I'm a bass. I'm an old bass guitar player. Good. You know what I mean? And uh, I did it for 45 years. Oh, wow. You know, traveled around the wow. world. Played with a lot of uh, iconic people back in the day, in the 70s, 80s. I played with Natalie Cole for several years, mm. and Bobby Womack, mm. wow. and... I can Tina. Oh, I, I was I was working, man. I was a yeah. little youngster just trying to get it, man. Chasing the girls yeah. and all the, everything that came with that. But an instrument, you guys, is something you got to spend time with. You know, there's something that uh, you got to spend some time with your your instrument and learn it. You know, uh, you got to fall in love with it. You know, so once you fall in love with that instrument, you know, uh, they they looking like oh. <laughs> <laughs> You got to practice. I tell everybody at least practice a minimum of one hour a day. Oh, man. That's good. You know, a yeah. one, one hour per day. But I'm going to go in here and I'm going to practice this instrument one hour a day and I'm going to listen to songs mm-hmm. and I'm going to try to duplicate those songs around, you know, I'm going to try to play what they play mm-hmm. on the records. 
Mm-hmm. And after a while, you find yourself learning a song or two. Mm-hmm. You know, you find yourself doing that. You know, you know, you 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 you'll find. When I was coming up, and I was twelve years old, my mother bought me a guitar and a and an amp, little video amp, mm-hmm. and I used to sit around and play to myself. Mm. And then when her girlfriends would come over and they would be in the den sitting down there, about three or four of them sitting down there talking and having that mm-hmm. chitter-chatting, mm-hmm. she would say, Bobby, yes, ma'am, bring your guitar and your amp down here. <laughs> and I have to go down there and play my little songs yeah. in front of them and entertain them and okay. stuff like that. And they'd be, they'd be clapping and singing along. <laughs> and, you know, and it just became a, a thing that was engulfed in my spirit as I grew older. And uh, we grew around here, and me and Charlie Wilson hooked up, and we were all playing around. We were so young that we were in high school. Now, I'm going to get off of this. But we were in high, I love this. We were in high school playing in nightclubs. Oh, wow. That's how me and Charlie and them, we were around here playing for our teachers mm-hmm. and community people who'd be out in the clubs. Mm-hmm. They'd be sitting in the chairs, and we'd be up there on the stage performing, mm-hmm. and then the next day, uh, we got to go to school. Oh, man. You hear That's what right. Saying? And we see him walking down the hall. <laughs> Y'all sure sounded good. You know what I mean? Y'all sure sounded good. You know what I mean? So, I mean, it was a growing process. That love of music took us places, mm-hmm. took us out of the community. We mm-hmm. outgrew the community musically, and we just went off to Hollywood. Mm. Wow. Went out there and going for a drink. And when I got when I got out there and me and Charlie got out there and Gap Band and all mm-hmm. of us were out there, you know, Oklahoma boys from Tulsa. Yeah. We started saying, wait a minute, man, these guys are really not no better than us mm-hmm. as musicians. Yeah. We can sing just as good as they mm-hmm. can do. We can play our instruments just as well. Mm-hmm. And and the recognition started coming. People say, Man, them Oklahoma boys, you need to go hook up with them. Just yeah. like the Commodores and yeah. stuff, you know. Yeah. And the same kind of uh thing that took place so we were able to accomplish some goals yeah. and do some things in the entertainment industry uh it, our dreams you know that's awesome just like your dreams coming here to vernon ame yeah. church yeah yeah and, yeah and, and you got your beautiful family yeah. here, and you guys are here and man you're telling your stories of how you met and what took place and you got your boys right here they're growing and they developing what is it that you guys would like to do it yourself. You got any? You got any goals or anything you wanna? You're working on that you'd like to become one day. Who would you like to maybe become? A guitarist or artist? Or what? Artist. Artist. Okay. When you say artist, is that a singer or something? Uh, uh, a guitar artist. Is that what you're talking about? Oh, he likes to paint too. Oh, he's Draw. like my one of my sons. Yeah. Mm. One of my sons are artists. He's 20 years old and he's mm. an artist. Oh, you met my son, Trey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, that's my other son. Okay. My son is in Houston. I got one in Houston. Okay. Named Darius. Darius. Yeah, he's oh. an artist. So yeah. you like to draw, huh? Oh, man, that's good. You like to want to play the guitar. So he's creative in the mind. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. got a creative mindset. Yeah. What about you? What you what you think you would like to be or like to do? Uh, Basketball player. Oh, you want to play that b-ball, huh? Do you play enough of it? Not really. How are you going to be a basketball player? <laughs> yeah, you got to play the game, man. You got to get out there and bounce that ball around, right? You know, you know, basketball is very competitive. Okay. It's a very competitive uh, skill. There's a lot of basketball players out there. 
But you know, young people when they're that age, they really don't know what they want to do. <laughs> they don't know. You know, right now they don't know what they want to do. When they get a little older, they'll figure they'll figure it out. They'll figure some things out. You mm-hmm. know, some things like that. So, as a family, what do you guys do as a family? Just as a family, do you do things together? Do you have family day or family night, or, or do you just kind of pick and choose uh, whenever you can to do whatever you can? Can how does that work? The only thing I remember about doing just together is watching a movie. A movie at the movie theater? A no, movie at, at, the, at home? At home. Oh, okay, so you guys watch a lot of movies at home? Dad's the movie buff. I love uh, movies. Dad loves movies. What's some of your favorite type of movies, man? Well, with the kids, like? we watch a lot of Disney movies. <laughs> okay. Um, they watch. can be entertaining. Yeah, they are. We just saw uh, Space, Space Jam. Jam. With How LeBron. was that? I heard about it. It's really good. good. It was is it good? good? He did a great job. LeBron did it. LeBron did. He really did a great job. He did it too, isn't he? Yeah, he, he is. is. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He did a great job. Is he acting okay? He's I doing well. He's he doing okay. Yeah. He did. <laughs> yeah. It was refreshing to see him, you know, in that role. In that role? role. Yes. Yeah, okay. it was good. Look at you. You hesitated. <laughs> oh, man. I'm a Laker fan, so everything he does is great. Okay, so. great. Yeah, I, I like some LeBron, man. You know, he's, yeah. a, he's a good guy doing good things in the community. That's yeah. Right. He's uh, in the, with that school up there. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, being in Tulsa, do you, do you ever feel that we are kind of cut off? Mm-hmm. From the media to know what artists like LeBron and others are doing in other cities, mm-hmm. because we don't hear that so and so is no, building an apartment complex, no, or these okay. these ball players are are singers are doing these things in their communities. Mm-hmm. We never hear about mm-hmm. what's going on like that here. That's true. You know, when it when it comes to the African American uh, entertainer or athlete. That's right. And so I feel like we're somewhat cut off. Because yeah. mainstream media is going to tell it the way they do. That's why we tell it that's the way right. we do over that's here. Right. Absolutely. You know, that's why we need that support. That's right. So we can take it to another level. Amen. You know, so uh, I feel that way. Don't you feel that way? I do, 100%. Yeah. I absolutely do. Yeah. Because we, we and, and the thing is, uh, black people, especially black men, have been so denigrated um, for centuries. Uh, going back to the Tulsa Race Massacre, um, that's that's what fueled it, right? That's Lies on black it. men, right? Um, so we'll believe that before we believe the truth um, every day, all day. And in fact, most of the massacres across this country happen, you know, by the media pushing this narrative. Um, well, that's how the massacre started. That's right. right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> through the media, through right? the media, yeah. nab Negro, yeah, assault white woman. Man, go ahead. And that's that was the same narrative all across the country. Black men are guilty until proven innocent, yeah. and that's sad. A lot of times, never proven innocent, and never proven innocent because in the eyes of public opinion, you some some folks never gonna see you as innocent, even that's before true. any allegation that you you were guilty when they saw you. Automatically. Automatically. The minute you stepped in the room. The minute you stepped in the room, you were guilty. You guilty. Right. You guilty. Yeah, I got a story behind that for myself personally, but I'm not going to. Yeah, no, I got you. I understand. I got a story where I stepped into an all-white female Mm. situation. Uh Mm -mm. Judge was white. Oh, no. The bailiff was white female. The statistician was a white female. Everything was white, and I was the only black male in the room. Oh, man. Recipe for disaster. Ooh, man. It was rough. You had to pray. Yeah. yeah, I was like, man, you know, but I ain't going to 
yeah, get into no. that one because I got you. Bro. That'll that'll make me angry over here. I'll be fussing <laughs> I hear you. Over here in a minute. I you know what I mean? So that's what it is. But you know, but that's what they do to our leaders, man. Oh man, they it's they the do it. The if way. they can't kill you politi- they can't kill you physically. They'll try to kill you politically. Politically, that's why it's important to vote. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, you know, mm-hmm. to change policy. You know, we yeah. got to start changing policies, especially at the local level. Mm-hmm. I mean, Biden and all that's fine, mm-hmm. but at the local level to get the uh, elected officials yeah. in office, that's mm-hmm. right. you know, and know what we're putting them in office to do. Mm-hmm. Because it's so often that we just know them by their first name. That's right. Mm-hmm. We don't know them by their job skill set. Mm-hmm. What's a state representative? What's a, a city councilor? Mm-hmm. What's a senator? Mm-hmm. We don't know what those jobs really entail. No. That's right. We just know mm-hmm. Vanessa, Regina, Kevin, yeah. you know, Janetti. We just know those names. That's right. And we vote by name only. By name only. That's not why. Uh, and then when we go to the polls, you may have something listed there that says Proposition 281. Mm-hmm. And you don't, yes or no. You don't know what to vote on. You don't know That's what to true. vote on. So, when I when I run across stuff like that, I don't vote on nothing. Yeah, I just you don't, don't know. I don't know because I could be checking the wrong That's box true. that be, can be hurting me and my community. Mm-hmm. You know, for something I just didn't. Well, not, that's why it's, you you should educate yourself right. before you even go to the polls. Absolutely. That's right. You that's know, true. to know what's going on, and if you don't know, ask questions. Ask questions. Always ask questions. Always. Ask true. questions. You know, so. That's what it is. Hey, we're going to take another break, another pause for the calls. You know, I got to pay some more bills, <laughs> as usual. And uh, want to, hey, we got the Turner family in here. <laughs> I mean, I'm loving this. And this show is recorded. So, okay. you know, it's recorded. And uh, you can go to Facebook, KBOB 89.9 FM, and look at it, review it, and things like that. Or you can go on YouTube and watch it on there, too, as well. So, we're going to pay a couple of bills right here. Keep in mind, we got a campaign going on here at 1533 North Norfolk, KBOB 89.9. You can go to Eaton Media Services, cash up us there, or you can stop by the studio and drop something in our uh, donation box. We need all the help we can get over here to maintain and keep this radio station going. So we want to do that. So we're going to be right back. Stick around, okay? Starts with a three, four, five, or six. This is for you. Did you know that it's costing you to have bad credit? You can't get qualified for that house or apartment and you're paying high interest rates. Along with paying high car insurance, and it may be costing you that job that you really want. What are you waiting on? Take more of a holistic approach. Pick up the phone and call the Credit Shiro at 832-642-1554 or text CAMP to 76626. With 13 amazing services, we restore and repair generations to come. Once again, call the Credit Shiro at 832-642-1554 or text CAMP to 76626. If you know better, you do better. Only the Credit Shiro can help you to save the day. How to order chicken wings. Number one, find a good wing spot. I know a wing spot. Max Wings. Number two, decide if you want a combo or if you want to order a la carte. Huh? What's that? Well, combos come with chicken, 
veggie stick, fries, and a drink for a discounted price. A la carte means that you order each item separately. Ah, okay. Three, decide if you want bone-in, boneless, or cauliflower wings. And then determine the delicious flavor you want on your wings. I didn't even know cauliflower had wings. You learn something new every day. Have you been to Max Wings? Yep, yep, Max yep. Wings is located at 782 East Pine Street in Tulsa. We're open Monday through Thursday from 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. and on Friday and Saturday from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Come to Max Wings, home of the dry rub fries. Hello, Tulsa. This is Janetta Cole with Sunday Dinner and More by Janet, your weekend soul spot. Every Saturday and Sunday from 11 a.m. until 4 p.m. We're located 531 East Apache in the historic Apache Circle Center. Of course, during these times, it's carry out only, but you can call 918-951-5143. That's Sunday Dinner and More by Janet. P&J Publishing Incorporated announces a new book release, The Entrepreneurial Woman. The World is Your Playground by Angela K. Chambers, MES. Available right now for pre-order at payhip.com slash B slash N-B-A-C. The book release is set to hit June 1st, 2020. If you're ready to publish your book, visit us online at www.pnjpublishing.com. Unleash that book that's inside of you with PNJ Publishing. Everybody's talking about you, If your credit starts with a three, four, five, or six, this is for you. Did you know that it's costing you to have bad credit? You can't get qualified for that house or apartment and you're paying high interest rates, along with paying high car insurance, and it may be costing you that job that you really want. What are you waiting on? Take more of a holistic approach. Pick up the phone and call the Credit Shiro at 832 642 1554 or text CAMP to 76626. With 13 amazing services, we restore and repair generations to come. Once again, call the Credit Shiro at 832-642-1554 or text CAMP to 76626. If you know better, you do better. Only the Credit Shiro can help you to save the day. Last Stop Lawn Maintenance and Landscaping is hiring today. Must have a valid driver's license and must have a two years verifiable experience mowing and lawn maintenance with the company. Strict attendance policy is required. Honest, dependable, and team-oriented. No sex offenses or crime against children. Must apply online at www.laststoplawnmaintenance.com. Apply today. Advertising the Tulsa Black-Owned Business Guide. It's a monthly publication reaching all of Oklahoma and beyond. 
giving exclusive content about their business and many businesses that are connected to you. Full page and half pages are available. Purchase and artwork are due on the 25th of each month. Visit us online right now at www.tulsabobn.com for more details. Or email us right now at tulsabobn at gmail.com for pricing. Searching for ways to grow your business? Or perhaps you would like to invest in Tulsa's African-American community? The Black Wall Street Chamber of Commerce is a great place to start. The Chamber was created to serve and increase the visibility of needs in our community. It is an umbrella organization for local businesses, the Tulsa Juneteenth Festival, BWS Black Women in Business, and the Grassroots Economic Development Fund known as BWS The Power Group. For more information about the Black Wall Street Chamber of Commerce or to donate to The Power Group, visit bwschamber.com. Tulsa Transit is excited to introduce the Route 969 Workforce Express Network. The new Highway 169 Corridor Job Shuttle, WEN, is a fixed route service offering access from North Tulsa and Turley. Stops include Macy's, Amazon, Whirlpool, and Port of Catoosa. Save time and money when you ride the WEN Route 969. And for your protection, buses are clean daily. Visit tulsatransit.org for more details. Food on the Move and Warden Comprehensive Health Services presents the drive through COVID vaccination clinic. Happening May the 11th, 2021 from 4 to 7 p.m. The first 100 participants receive two-dose Moderna's or the one-dose Johnson & Johnson. If you want to skip the line, call now at 918-388-1990. Food on the Move every Tuesday on Greenwood. Let's go fresh, Tulsa. Hey, it's Denise with Addie Mae's Food for the Soul, where we cater to vegan, Presbyterian, and everyday sultry soul food. We have Meatloaf Mondays, Taco Tuesdays, Chicken Wing Wednesdays, Turkey and Dressing Thursdays, Fish Fridays, Barbecue Saturdays, and Sundays is our sultry soul food. We're located at 5266 North Peoria. You can contact us for call-in orders at 918-845-2989, and we also deliver with DoorDash. Hope to see you soon. Hello, Tulsa. This is Janetta Toll with Sunday Dinner and More by Janet, your weekend soul spot. Every Saturday and Sunday from 11 a.m. until 4 p.m. We're located 531 East Apache in the historic Apache Circle Center. Of course, during these times, it's carry out only, but you can call 918-951-5143. That's Sunday Dinner and More by Janet. Tulsa Transit is excited to introduce the Route 969 Workforce Express Network. The new Highway 169 Corridor Job Shuttle, WEN, is a fixed route service offering access from North Tulsa and Turley. Stops include Macy's, Amazon, Whirlpool, and Port of Catoosa. 
Save time and money when you ride the Wynn Route 969. And for your protection, buses are clean daily. Visit TulsaTransit.org for more details. Searching for ways to grow your business? Or perhaps you would like to invest in Tulsa's African-American community. The Black Wall Street Chamber of Commerce is a great place to start. The Chamber was created to serve and increase the visibility of needs in our community. It is an umbrella organization for local businesses, the Tulsa Juneteenth Festival, BWS Black Women in Business, and the Grassroots Economic Development Fund known as BWS The Power Group. For more information about the Black Wall Street Chamber of Commerce or to donate to the Power Group, visit bwschamber.com. PJ Publishing Incorporated announces a new book release, The Entrepreneurial Woman. The World is Your Playground by Angela K. Chambers, MES. Available right now for pre-order at payhip.com slash B slash N-B-A-C. The book release is set to hit June 1st, 2020. If you're ready to publish your book, visit us online at www.pnjpublishing.com. Unleash that book that's inside of you with P&J Publishing. Everybody's talking about you, you're All right. Hey, welcome back to the Bobby Eaton Show. This is where we tell our stories always. And, boy, we've been having a great time over here with the Turner family. And we've been talking about a variety of different stuff over here. And, man, uh... Let me see. I got noise going on, so let me cut this off for us. That's the AC. Oh. <laughs> Get in front of that mic right there. Yes, sir. Yeah, man. So what's in store, man? What Going forward, what's in store for you, man? What would you like to see? I would like to see, and honestly, I'm at a point in my life now, you have blessed us so much, you don't realize it. This huh? is the first interview that my family has done together. Oh, thank this you. Is the first ever for Bobby and 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 my family and Deuce and Sheree and myself all together at the same time. Well, it's recorded, and and Thank we're God. gonna go archive this some yeah. kind of way. Um, but so what's 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 most important for me are the people in this room. Honestly, uh, I fight and I would give my life for my community, but my heart and soul is in this room. And I believe it. I will everything I do publicly. Um, fighting for justice and and fighting for uh, reparations and, and and fighting to make this world a better place is because of the folks in this room, my wife and my two boys. Because um, I know that by the work that God is doing through me, mm-hmm. it's it's not going to only impact the life of the world, but it's going to impact their life. Mm-hmm. And so I want to make sure that. They don't have to have the same speeches or fight the same battles. Hopefully, by the conclusion of my life, they won't have to be fighting the same issues I'm fighting. Um, and they can they can be an artist or they can be a basketball player and not have to worry about um, fighting for things like reparations and justice and, and just the right to live mm-hmm. in, in these United States. Mm-hmm. Wow, man, that's, that's a good thing right there. Man, family is so important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is so important, you know, in today's time, 2021, there are a lot of divided families mm-hmm. taking place. And there are a lot of 
a lot of uh, young people are not getting married anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just no relationships taking place. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of roles have been changed. That's true. You know, a lot of standards mm-hmm. and stuff have been mm-hmm. implemented into a lot of our youth. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it makes it kind of difficult. You got yeah. women acting like men and mm-hmm. men acting like women. Mm-hmm. And you just got all of this demonic kind of stuff mm-hmm. taking place, That's you true. know, and uh, it's uh, kind of sad to see. It is. It's kind of sad, sad to hear. Yeah. You now I hear about, I got a lot of young people coming over here on a constant basis. And, uh, you know, uh, a guy came over here today, this morning, mm-hmm. you know, and he just went off on me. Mm. You know, because I wouldn't give him, I told him, get the information off the sign. Mm-hmm. You know, just yeah. take off the man, pull out your phone, take a picture. Yeah. Uh, he said, I don't have no cell phone. He had a BMW out here. He, he, he was blah, 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 blah. I said, hey, man, you're being very disrespectful. Yeah. Respectful yeah. uh, to your to your elders. Yeah. I said, man, I'm a, I'm a 67-year-old man, and you just being very disrespectful. You being disrespectful to me. You know, so oh, wow. it went back and forth for a minute. Mm-hmm. I said, man, what you can do is get off this property. Mm-hmm. That's right. And, uh, and before he leave, he said, yeah, well, I'm so-and-so and so-and-so. I said, well, my name is Bobby Eaton. Mm-hmm. Oh, I heard of you. I didn't think you, you was going to be this type of man. Mm-hmm. You know, and I just like, oh, man, you know. Wow. What we have to deal with sometime in our community mm-hmm. with ignorance. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people are not for you, they're against you, and they're ignorant. And uh, it's kind of like I always say that wild uh, bronco horse in Mm -hmm. a a pasture. Mm -hmm. He's bucking all the time. He just, wow, man. Mm -hmm. He will be wild until somebody breaks him where they can ride him. Mm -hmm. You know, they can actually ride him now, and he's pleasant to ride, you Mm -hmm. know. And some of our youth are still there. I'm not saying the majority, Mm because there's good young people out Mm -hmm. here. I mean, there's a lot of good. I think it's more good than it is bad. Mm-hmm. But media stuff portrays them in such a negative light, sure. you know, that uh, they don't get a chance to always shine, mm-hmm. you know. And it's a lot of single parent mothers who are having children that's right. who don't have meals in the household. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's an issue within itself. Yeah, it is okay. a big issue. It's a key component to our family nuclear structure. It is. You know that that that's been. Something that has been the backbone, not just of America, but for civilization. Period. You know, the nuclear family structure has been backbone of the the civilization as a whole, um, regardless of ethnicity um, or religion. You know, and once you break that structure, it's um, you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, you really don't know what's going to happen, man. I, I've been blessed enough to live overseas. Mm-hmm. I lived lived overseas for about three years, mm-hmm. and, I, and I looked at America from a different viewpoint once I got over there, and I realized that the family unit had been starting to break down mm-hmm. so much, man. It's like, wow, people from other countries were still, you know, yes. living on less yep. and doing, you know, smiles on their faces. Yeah. And just some happiness. And mm-hmm. I'm saying to myself, wow, man, why we have to pay the highest taxes yeah. in the world and we got the most incarcerated people mm-hmm. in the world locked down and yeah. we got just so much, our health care yeah. system sucks, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and all these people over in either, some of these other countries, they just go to the doctor for free, <laughs> you know what I mean? And they leave the cars unlocked, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? <laughs> just, just 
I'm like, wow, man, you know, peace and quiet, ain't nobody shooting and killing each other, true. you know, and, uh, you know, America has a lot to do, and when it comes to reparations, we've never received them. No. no. And I see why you out there fighting every yeah. week every and week. every day for us, mm-hmm. man, because everybody else has, has gotten them. Everybody you know? else has gotten them. That's true. You know. Mm-hmm. And, and our life matters. Black lives matter. Uh, our justice matters. Mm-hmm. Um, and if people are willing to do for others, um, they ought to be willing to do for us. And I, I unapologetically uh, say that and share that. And, of course, people don't like it. Um, I, bet, and, I bet you you've had oppositions by being out there. Man, absolutely. And white folks throwing stuff back at you, right? Yes, sir. Absolutely. Like what, for example? Oh, um, the well, you you know about the incident where I was attacked yeah. out at City Hall, and that's well, tell them tell them about it. That was the worst eight minutes of my life. Um, going down to City Hall to uh, protest for have a Bible study slash protest reparations. And having people just assail me, assault me, um, grab me, try to take my bullhorn, call me everything, everything but a child of God. Um, And nothing but the grace of God kept me. Um, I have not forgotten about that moment at all for the rest of my life. I will never forget it for the rest of my life. And um, it just shows you how despicable racism still is. And how people are willing to go to great lengths to silence those um, who who don't subscribe to just uh, this notion of oppression. They, if you speak out against oppression, if you speak out against racism, there are some elements in this community, in our country, that will try to silence you physically or politically. Um, and I won't be intimidated by either force. Um, and then... You have uh, those within your own community uh, that you fight for, but they criticize, right? And so you're kind of fighting on both fronts. And it is so unfortunate, but you, I do it anyway. And I don't even do it for me. Like, people know I'm not even from here, mm-hmm. right? I won't get a dime of anything, right? Every, the, the, the things that I work on the most in ministry, I don't benefit from. I don't. I won't benefit from reparations. I don't benefit from our food ministry, but those, that's where I spend most of my time, um, and it's because I do want to leave the world a better place, um, and not about me. Um, it's about trying to help this world that we, this world we live in. And our children are our future. That's right. That's true. And the more we educate them, and the more they know about themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm then they don't know where to go because I'm always telling people, how can you know where to go, how to go forward when you don't know where you come from? That's right. You know, you don't know your history. You don't know anything about yourself, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, you you live on European promises. That's right. You know, and you got to know that there is a difference. That's a big difference. It's a big difference, man. You know? And a lot of it is not even, because I know people always say, well, you know, he's on TV a lot and doing all this stuff. I was doing this before cameras ever showed up. Yeah, you were. You know, like, even in Tulsa, I've been fighting for preparation before the news cameras ever came and saw it. Yeah, I know. I, be, I was fighting for this in Alabama. I've been feeding hungry people. I was, my wife said, I was volunteering in soup kitchens as a college student in the midst of having three jobs. You're still feeding I'm volunteering <laughs> at a homeless shelter. You know, just washing dishes at homeless shelters, feeding homeless people. It's just been in my heart. And it's something that 
you know, you don't do for fun or fashion or for show. Um, you do it because I feel God called me to do it. Yeah, man. Well, God has you doing a mighty works here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, you and your family. And uh, I want to, we're coming to a close. Oh, man. Yeah, man. It's uh, that time. I want to thank you and the family, man, the Turner family for coming out, man, being on this platform, sharing your views. Mm -hmm. And you all, you know, you always welcome back. Well, man, I appreciate you. And I want to bless you before we leave. And I want to challenge any other um, man or woman of God to bless the Bobby Eaton show for the work they're doing. And um, I want you to keep it up and I'm fighting and praying for you. And um, I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Oh, well, so I thank wanna, you, man. I really appreciate if, it. If my wife don't mind, I want to give this Woo, to you. Look at here. Look at here, y'all. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm going to show this off right quick. Oh, my God. Look, look, look at there. That's Ben. <laughs> being right I there, man. I appreciate that. You need it for. Yeah, man. It's going. It, it'll go to our youth ministry. Whenever you need like it for, that, brother. Stuff going on right there with our kids and stuff like that. So, man, I just want to thank you, man, once again. Hey, I love you. Love you. And too, you're man. on the Bobby Bobby Eaton Show where we tell our stories our way. Okay. Yes, sir. Yeah. All right, you guys take care. Thank, thank you. you. Bye. All right, we're here every Monday, Wednesday, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, and on like yeah. Uh, well, Saturdays from 12 to 2, you can catch us at kbob899.com. And, man, we just love talking to our people. And we tell our stories our way. That's what we do right here. So uh, we want you to continue, Portis. Until the next time, have a good one. The all-new KBOB, Black-on-Black Community, Radio 89.9, on your FM dial. You must be a special lady. You'll be singing first thing about that. Oh, Harry, I'm singing second, man. And a very exciting girl. I'll bring that bass out, man. Hey, man, I'll bring it out a little bit more. You gotta be a special lady. Come on, come on. Cause you got me spinning up. Change my gray skies to blue And it was strange When you called my name Ever since that day I haven't been the same Ooh, before I met you My sun didn't want to shine But all of a sudden Snake up from behind So I quit the wheel
His love is overrated. Let me be the one that is naive. His love is overrated. Let me be the one that is deceived. Let me find that your hands that are touching me. Is not the hand that's supposed to be your lips an illusion. Let me be the only fool for your embrace. Let me fall upon my face. I like this strange illusion. Love is overrated. Why is it the only thing I say? Love is overrated Why is the one I'm in The one that I deserve I can tell you Oh, it feels so real Every touch that I steal Your arms an illusion Let me be the only fool For your embrace Let me fall upon my face I like this strange illusion Oh, I'm okay With love's never-ending dream It's a risk I like to take In the hope I never wake From this thing I call my fate Reality Love is overrated Let me be the one That is naive Love is overrated Let me be the one That is deceived Let me find that your hands That are touching me it's not the hand that's supposed to be your lips an illusion. Let me be the only food that you embrace. Let me fall upon my face. I like this strange illusion. Take in the hopes I'll never wait 
from this thing I call my face, reality. Love is overrated. I like overrated. Love is overrated. I love overrated. Love is overrated. I am obsessed with overrated Love is overrated I'm in love with overrated Overrated
Big, the home of the Bobby Eaton Show, the Juice Radio Show, and Two Dogs Radio Show. Yeah. I do it big. Okay. You better R-E-S-P-E-C-T me. Tulsa, Oklahoma. Stay connected and call us now at 646-716-5525 and press 1 to go live. Hey, baby. What's wrong with your car? Man, what can I tell you? My car is like my man. Oh, it's just going to work right. What can you do for me? Come by and see old Big Rob. I might have to 
Charles Harper. And I'm Damali Wilson. We getting fired up for our news you can use. Yes, on KBOB 89.9. We look forward for you tuning in. We're going to have a good time. We got a whole lot of hot topics. And we're going to be here every Wednesday. 1 p.m. For World One Developments, news you can use. On KBOB 89.9 FM. Did you know that sickle cell disease affects people from all races and ethnicities? Sickle cell disease can look like you, and sickle cell disease can look like me. You can carry the sickle cell trait and never even know it. The state of Oklahoma and the support